Welcome back, radio entrepreneurs, listeners, and fans. I'm producer Nathan Gobes. Uh, excited to be filling in for Jeffrey Davis. I'm excited because we've got uh, two Marks with us today, Mark Z of Mark Z Legal Staffing and Mark Furman of Tarlow Breed Hardin Rogers. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you, Nathan. Great to be here and great to be co-hosting with Mark Furman. Nice to see everybody and uh, really looking forward to hearing from our next guest who uh, does incredibly important work. Yeah, me as well. And that guest is uh, Pete Farrell, partner at Cohen Cleary. Welcome, Peter. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on and uh, good to see all of you. And uh, although in Zoom land, uh, it's great to be together again. Thanks for having nice me. Nice to see you, Pete. Thanks nice to have you on the show, Pete. Mark, Pete. if you want to take it away. Perfect. Um, so, Pete, you have really developed a very special niche in the um, education field and um, your practice has really grown in it and um, you have a, a talent as a, a seasoned litigator on the back end if, if some of these issues go further but one of the um, one of the big things that we've had a chance to read and hear over the last 20 months is the whole in school out of school and presence virtual remote in person <laughs> education and how it affects, I mean, um, disabled students, students with learning disabilities, and also balancing um, how things will proceed post-COVID. So can you share with us some of the issues you've de you're dealing with and have dealt with? Right. Well, thanks again, Mark. And this, that's a great question. A lot of time packed there. So you know, focusing right in, you know, when you have a, a student who's on an individualized education plan or an IEP, you know, they have a, a plan in place that has services that are, you know, they have, let's say, speak up speech and language uh, services, you know, three times a week for half an hour. Uh, how does that happen in a, in a virtual or remote environment? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, you know, my, my colleagues who are educators really did the best that they could under really unprecedented circumstances. But in reality, when we have students with disabilities and, you know, sticking with the example of a uh, you know, a speech and language issue or diagnosis, um, something like apraxia or something like that. That's really, really difficult to do when you're in the remote environment. And so trying to figure out, um, you know, when we talk about remedies for um, when things go sideways with an IEP, you know, we have this new thing or had this new thing, I should say, COVID compensatory services versus regular, you know, it's like light versus not light, <laughs> you know, COVID Compensatory services was kind of a, 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 a function of the situation, which was trying to catch kids up and make up for the lost time. Um, I think overall, um, the biggest issues right now are reintegrating children with um, social emotional needs, which are, you know, again, really at the top of the list. Uh, kids really had, students had a difficult time. Um, you know, there's so, you know, so much disconnect and uh, loss of chance you know, opportunity for, for those, you know, uh, let's say, you know, in the third grade at the Smith Elementary School in, you know, Main, Main Street, USA, you know, there's the lunch bunch. Well, guess what? The lunch bunch didn't meet for the last, you know, X number of months. And so the benefit and, and you know, the intervention from these talented educators and, and interventions for these young people just didn't happen. So, you know, across the land, you've got moms and dads and people of all walks of life um, who, 
not surprisingly, uh, fellas, I did not miss my calling as a teacher. Uh, and and I, my hat's off to these teachers that in the last, you know, 20 or so months have really pulled the rabbit out of a hat. There's a lot, uh, you know, Mark, I, could, I know we're on limited time, but I could go on all day about that. The teachers really had to be on all the time, uh, you know, asked to do a lot in, a, in, a, in, frankly, an environment in which there wasn't a whole lot of benchmarks, training, um, and they really just did once the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education came out with some guidelines on how to uh, picked up the ball and got us to the goal line. So that's that's and things certainly are improving. We've got a long way to go. Very challenging environment. I have a uh, my daughter is a teacher and, you know, during some period of time, she was teaching twice the number of classes because right. half the kids were coming in. Uh, in person and half remote. So, and uh, the teaching techniques are totally different if you're right. if, if you're teaching using Zoom versus uh, uh, in person. So, and, and young young people, Mark, to that point, you know, when we're talking in you know, a pre high school, their 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 brains are not you know developed to um, to really um, immerse themselves in that environment. You know, any kid. Uh, student in high school or college, you know, the remote learning is the really the wave of the future online courses. If you're taking an MBA course, wherever, and to access really good programs. But young people who who need the building blocks of really their formal education, um, this was a real, real damaging blow to that process. So, mm. um, you know, teachers and students alike really struggled for quite some time. Pete, how did you work with some of the families? to sort of cut through the regulations that would not necessarily be health related, but were affecting the student's mental health, because I'm sure there are, besides the physical aspects of um, being concerned about obviously contracting COVID and right. um, dealing with those issues, there were a lot of um, mental health issues by not having um, courses by having to just have Zoom by not having a a right. certain course schedule. What were some of the ways you you dealt with situations like this? Really, it's a great question again, Mark. I mean, it's you've done your homework. This is a pretty uh, the biggest challenge, and how I guess that I had to deal with is that reconciling this you know remote environment with the fact that in Massachusetts and elsewhere there's compulsory school attendance laws. And what we had was these young people that they went dark. They wouldn't show up on Zoom or they'd be absent or, or mom and dad would be working and trying. You know, they're literally holding their world together, both hands on their forehead, because they've got to try to work. They've got kids at home. They've got kids on Zoom. They've got three kids, one in each room on different courses. It's like bandwidth issues, technology issues. I mean, we're talking a, a full slate of problems and issues. And and I think trying to, the biggest thing I, I would say is school adjustment counselors really, I did, did the yeoman's work uh, in terms of how things went, because you can reach out and at least communicate. And I think most everybody, you know, us uh, as professionals included, have embraced the technology of Zoom or video conferencing or whatever. So while it wasn't perfect and it wasn't that in-person you know, interpersonal connection that people crave, certainly young students with their teachers, um, it was at least something that got us through. But 
really the concern lied with with students that had severe um, you know needs and intervention that was required and those students for the most part you know I think the Department of Elementary and Secondary Ed really stepped up and said those kids with the most significant needs we're going we're to bring them in and we're going to administer to them you know in person and you know while there there's risk involved obviously with the virus um, you know the risk versus the risk of of regression and losing all of these wonderful gains that we've made with these children and students um, you know it really that was probably the best way to address those things but it's not the students that are so high needs, it's the students that fall in kind of the middle that are identified as having some needs, for example, with students on a 504 plan, which is you know, 504, uh, Section 504 of the Rehab Act of 1973, less regulated, but not any less uh, important in that these are kids that have a physical uh, or mental impairment that substantially limits one or more major life activities, uh, reading, writing, learning, you know, all of those things and really outreach to those students is critical. And I think overall, we did a good job of capturing uh, and gathering data on who those students were, identifying who those students were. And, you know, I got a lot of calls from moms and dads and, and um, what do I do now? My, my child doesn't want to log on. I'm getting inquiries from school, like, where are they? Are they alive? Are they sick? Are they in the hospital? Um, and that coupled with outside of the school, which is a lot of the work that I do in the mental health area is having the right clinician. Uh, and of course there were outpatient clinicians. And of course there's a massive shortage in getting an appointment and telehealth and all of that stuff, which of course no industry, not, not the least of which was uh, the medical field was prepared for. So, uh, and the courts certainly, I think, you know, same thing, we were closed for a long time. So we did, we did okay, but those were some of the issues. What's going to happen though? There's some um, students that just they need a lot more attention that they did not get from Zoom or the limited uh, teaching experience. And isn't there a fear that they're going to be kept back? And that could be very taxing on the school system because, as you say, the high you're able to complement, but the low, it's just it. it, There are serious issues, aren't there? Right. Um, I think so. Even in non, we call it, you know, the COVID times, as some people refer to it, even the goal is to always advance or promote that student to the next grade and to you know, bolster their experience, you know, educationally with support and interventions. So it's not so much a matter of being kept back. I think we're teachers, you know, like Mark's daughter and others, you would tell you, you know, we're going to meet these students where we find them because, you know, while we've got students students that are all over, you know, there's no, you know, there's no, it's connecting the dots of where these students are on the map. And that's going to take a little time to shake out. I I don't know. I couldn't tell you in my wildest of imaginations, Mark, you know, how long that's going to take, but that's, I think the attitude and the ambition of our system and, and the commitment of our teachers to say, you know, to our students, you know, what do you need? What, what can we do to help you? And, and then on top of that, when you have special education services under an IEP, you have that, you know, added layer of reevaluations, you know, seeing where these students are at in terms of their current level of uh, educational performance um, and the goals and benchmarks and where they are with their IEP. That's the purpose of the annual review 
um, with the IEP team and also the three-year reevaluation to see if they're making effective progress. Excellent, excellent. Did you have a lot of um, remote hearings during COVID to discuss some of these issues with the schools and in your advo advocating for the students? Yeah, so once, once the students got kind of going and education kind of returned after a brief hiatus, um, you know, some districts did it better than others. Uh, we wrapped our brains around how to best proceed with you know, team meetings and things in a remote environment. So I did a fair amount by Zoom. I still do. I think even as we're starting to come out of COVID, we're still embracing the Zoom technology because it, frankly, I think it's here to stay. Um, it's convenient. It allows parents to Zoom in from work. Um, and it's good communication wise. So um, I think Zoom is here to stay in a lot of areas. Um, and this is one of them as well. And I think that the education, you know, teachers and educators, administrators, they all did pretty well adapting to that. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Excellent. Thank it's, you, Peter. It's hard to imagine what this would have been like without having access to Zoom. The technology, I mean, it's, it's been pretty amazing. And now it's uh, as like using one of these, right? It's um, people have just kind of read into it and they learned it because out of necessity. It's been, it's been good. It's been good because it's given us what we need to, you know, make it happen. Peter, thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, that Thanks was... for having me, Nathan. It's been a great conversation. Thank you. Of course, of course. That was Peter Cohen, par partner at. Uh, excuse me, Peter Farrell, partner at Cohen Cleary. Uh, if Peter, if people want to reach you, what's the best way to do so? Sure. Um, we have offices in Taunton, Quincy, and Plymouth. The best way to, you can reach out to me by email. Um, you can get us through our website, cohencleary.com. Uh, we're at 508-877. I'm going to get the phone number wrong because I'd never use it. <laughs> 508-877. Hold on a second. Forget the phone number. P. Farrell at cohencleary.com. Uh, it's uh, easiest way to get me uh, is that way. Or send me an email and I will... Uh, certainly respond. I probably get a ton of emails, Nathan, every day. And that's the best way to reach me because I'm not always at my desk because I'm now the courts are opening again. I'm around and of course I'm uh, in and out, but happy to talk. This is, these are really important issues. Um, you know, you guys uh, are doing important work and getting uh, people connected with legal services as well. So um, I'd like to also personally thank my friends, Mark and Mark, um, for having me on again. It's really great to see uh, both of you again and you, Nathan, as well. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, guys, and thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thank you, Pete. Great to see you. And of course, uh, Mark Z, uh, if people want to reach you at Mark Z Legal Staffing, what's the best way for them to reach you? So first of all, Google Mark Z, M-A-R-C, and the letter Z, or Mark Z Legal, M-A-R-C, ZLegal.com, or 617-338-1300. Great. Thank you. And Mark Furman, Tarlow Breed, Hart & Rogers. I can be reached at 617-218-2025. That's my direct line. Or at M Furman, F-U-R-M-A-N at T-B-H-R-Law.com. And by the way, guys, I almost gave you the fax number, so my staff would have been really annoyed, and that's why I hesitated. 508-880-6677 is my team at Cone Clearing Taunton and that. Great to see you guys. And I'll, I'll get the phone number right the next time. Okay. Thank <laughs> How you. embarrassing, but good to see you guys. Thanks. Nice you guys. to see you. Thanks. Thank and you. we'll be back with Radio Entrepreneurs. We'll be back after this break.